What a blessing it is to be here praising our God, to worship our God, singing praises, but also fellowshipping with one another. It is good to, to fellowship with one another. And God says, don't forsake the fellowship. And I know that you already told everybody around you, hello. So this morning, I'm going to encourage you to tell somebody that's not your family right beside you that they are beautifully and wonderfully made for their purpose in Christ. Can I have say Somebody. Sunday, there's a group of people who, who <clears throat> are gifted, and they stand up here, and they lead us in worship, and they do a phenomenal, phenomenal job, and I just want to give them a round of applause, because they do an awesome job. Uh, it's a good day because of our music team, and that includes piano players, that includes everybody that gets up here, sits at that piano, sits at this, everything. It is... It is a good day. It's also a good day because you're a church that's an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And we strive to be about God's Word. And, and I will just tell you, if you ever hear me say something that's not of God's Word, please come and tell me. Please come and tell me and so I can study God's Word and be in it and be of Him. I know that there are more reasons as to why it's a great day, but I'm going to get to some preaching, all right? So, if you will, open your Bibles to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, and I am really excited about this chapter because um, in this, it's a transitional chapter. It, it, it is, it, this chapter is phenomenal. It brings to a close Jesus' earthly ministry, and it begins the intercessory ministry for all believers. And in that, we can read Hebrews 7.25. It says, Therefore, He is also able to save forever 
Those who draw near to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. Amen, amen. You know, in this we get to read the Lord's Prayer. Now, I know it's not the most, uh, it's not known as the Lord's Prayer that's in Matthew and Luke. But really, this chapter, this prayer that Jesus prays should be known as the Lord's Prayer. It is, it is so intimate. We get to see the intimacy between the Son and the Father in this prayer. We get to see Jesus pray for Himself. We get to see Jesus pray for His disciples. And then He prays for all believers. And it is quite a prayer. It is quite a prayer that Jesus lays out for all to hear. I think that when we come to this chapter, it's even more important, though, that we understand why John wrote this Gospel. I know I hammer on this every week, but it's so important as we read the Gospel of John and really all of God's Word that we keep this in mind. John chapter 20, verse 31, he says, But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you'll have life in His name. Jesus is the Christ. He is the Christ. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 17. Let's go to Him in prayer. Father God, I thank You for this morning. I thank You that we have Your Word. I thank You that You just... Uh, you came here. God in the flesh. You came here to this earth to walk, to teach, to love, to, 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 to lay it out, to show Christians, people who follow You, Jesus... How we're to live. How it's to be. What You have done for us. What, what, what God the Father has done for us. And in chapter 17, Jesus, You... You pray this prayer. You, you pray this prayer that is so intimate. And, and what a teaching for us to look at how You pray. What Your focus was. I pray we see that. I pray that we see the intimacy of your prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright, we're going to read all of chapter 17 because there is no point to even stop when you start reading this. It is, it, it is Jesus' prayer and we're going to, we're going to read it. Alright. Jesus spoke these words lifting up His eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. As you have given Him authority over all flesh, that He should give eternal life to as many as you have given Him. And this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me. And they have received them and have known surely that I come forth from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. 
I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those who you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have joy, have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, and they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but, I also, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I and them, and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world, O righteous Father. The world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name. And will declare it. That the love, which, the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. Amen, amen, amen. What a prayer that Jesus lays out there. I mean, truly, what does a person even say after reading that? He prays this prayer that does not speak a word, does not speak a word against His people. There is no reference to their falling short of the glory of God. No reference at all. He only speaks of them as they were in the Father's purpose as an association with Himself and as the recipients of the fullness that He came down from heaven and bestowed upon them. <clears throat> but church, listen. All the Lord's specific requests, all, all that He prays, each specific request in His prayer for His people related to spiritual things. Every one of them. They all have reference to heavenly blessings. The Lord does not ask for them to, to have riches. He doesn't ask for them to, to have honors or worldly influence or, or promotions. 
<clears throat> but he does most earnestly <clears throat> pray that they may be kept from evil. That they be kept from evil, separate from the world, qualified for the service in which they were going to do for the Lord, and, and that they would be brought home safely to heaven. That's his prayer. That's his prayer. You see, I think, I think this is when we can get it all messed up. I think as, as the world in, in... I'm just going to speak truth. In the prosperity gospel, this is where we can get it all messed up. There is a prosperity gospel. But listen, it's soul prosperity. It's soul prosperity because that is the best prosperity. It is the index of true prosperity. Ephesians 1.3 said, Blessed, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Is in Him. In Him. And I will tell you that I need to remember this in my prayers. I will tell you that I need to remember this in my prayers. Yes, we can, we can care about the world. And I'm not saying in any way that we can't pray for the world and the people in the world and friends that are in the world and ourselves that are in the world. But look how Jesus prays for Look how Jesus prays for His disciples, for Himself, for His disciples, and for all believers. And where His focus was. You see, because that's what I take from this. Is where is my focus? Where is my focus? And I'm going to ask you the same thing. Where is your focus? In your walk and in your prayer. Because Jesus shows us exactly where our focus should be. He lays it out too. All we have to do is just go back to the beginning. And I will tell you that I'm just kind of introducing this, this <clears throat> chapter 17. <clears throat> because there is so much depth to this. But I want to break it down into, into the different prayers that he prays here and, and praying for himself and praying for, for his disciples and praying for his believers. And so, when we go back, we can see where our focus needs to be at the beginning of this chapter. Jesus says, His hour has come. His hour has come, and it absolutely has. And, and <clears throat> I want you to know the timeline here. And in chapter 17, Jesus is praying this prayer to God the Father in front of His disciples. And what lies next? The very next thing in chapter 18, there's no, there's no time in between. He's praying this prayer and then Him and His disciples go over the brook Kidron and they go into the garden and Jesus is betrayed. He's arrested. He's hauled off. So I want you to understand the time frame that we are looking at. The timing of Jesus praying this prayer. He knows what's coming. He knows what lies ahead. And He says, the hour is now. The hour is now. Jesus is praying out loud in front of His disciples that they get to hear His heart. 
They, they get to hear the depth of intimacy that He's just pouring out here and, and the intimacy between the relationship between Jesus and the Father, the Son and the Father. And Jesus lays out that the hour has come and the Lord will be put to death. But He says, glorify your Son. But in his prayer, he says, glorify your son. You see, looking ahead to his death on the cross. He's praying here. See, because if he remains in the ground, he's just, he's just another man. The world will know him as just another man if he remains in the grave. <clears throat> just as many others have claimed to be God and died and still live. But if he was raised from the grave, it would prove who he is. It would prove that he is the Christ, the Son of God, and we all know what happened. We all know what happened. But Jesus didn't stop there in his prayer. He said that your Son also may glorify you. He wants to glorify the Father. And you know, it's, a pretty, easily, it's pretty easily explained when we, when we go to the next two, two verses. It lays it out as what, what he's trying to do here. Jesus glorifies the Father by giving eternal life. To all who will believe on Him. To all who will come to Him. I mean, think about this. It brings great, great glory to God when ungodly men and women will give their life to Christ. It brings great glory to God when they will demonstrate the life of the Lord Jesus on this earth and walk in His ways. It brings great glory to God Jesus goes on in his prayer in verse 2. He says, Even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. I will tell you that there are some who read this and just get the interpretation wrong. I'm just going to be honest with you today. And if you completely disagree with me, let's have words, loving words, okay? <laughs> but let's talk about it. Because Jesus is saying as a result of His redemption at the cross, as a result of His redemption at the cross, God has given His Son authority over all mankind. This, this authority entitles Him to give eternal life. Eternal life to those whom the Father has given Him. You see, this is where some confusion has come in. Yes, there are those that before the foundation of the world that God marked out certain ones to, to, to belong to Christ. And if you want to call that called, I'm okay with that. But we can't stop that. Better, we can't allow that to be the only ones that have eternal life. That's not what he's saying here. Because we cannot forget... We cannot forget that God offers salvation to anyone who will receive Jesus. To anyone who will receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Because there is no one, there is no one who cannot be saved when they give their life to Christ. Period. Period. See, Jesus goes on to say, this is eternal life. 
This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is a simple explanation of eternal life and how it's obtained. It is by knowing God and Jesus Christ as the only true God. Period. We know that in the other Gospels, Jesus lays it out that, that eternal life is knowing Him and believing in Him. Knowing that He is the Christ, the Son of God. And that's what it is. And I, I want us to see something though in this verse. In the last part of this verse, I want us to see something here because it just... I, I don't know why, but it's never jumped off the page at me before, but it did this week. The last part of this verse... 17.3. It reads, And Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is Jesus saying this. It is Him praying to the Father. And His words were, And Jesus Christ whom you have sent. The Lord calls Himself Jesus Christ. He calls Himself Jesus Christ. And when we look at the Greek word, Christ is the same as Messiah. Same word. I could be wrong in this, but I believe that for the first time, Jesus outright calls Himself the Messiah. They had asked Him, and He said, I am. But for the first time, Jesus says, I'm the Messiah. I am the Christ. And He's doing it in this intimate prayer to the Father. And for all of His disciples to hear. So church, let me just tell you this. If that is not highlighted in your Bible, I want you to underline it and highlight it. Okay? Put it in your Bible so it is easily found. John chapter 17, verse 3. The last part of it, because we've talked about this. There are religions. There are people out there that say that Jesus never claimed to be the Messiah. There are those out there that claim that Jesus never claimed deity. And they will come knock on your door and tell you that. Okay? So if you don't have that highlighted in your Bible, because it's pretty easy when they come in and knock on your door and say, oh, I want to tell you about Jesus. Yeah, let's talk about Jesus. <laughs> because He is the Messiah. Well, I don't know if He's the Messiah, but He was a great prophet. Yep, John 17, 3. Let's read it. He claims to be the Messiah. And it's not just a claim. Because He goes on to prove it. He goes on to prove that He is the Christ, the Son of God. And he says, I glorified you on the earth. Having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Jesus, I have done everything that you have asked. I have done everything that you sent me here to do. He's talking to the Father. He said, I've done it, God. Heavenly Father, I've done everything and I, I will go to the cross. And He's looking ahead. He's looking into the short future here. And, he, and He's saying, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to complete everything that you have sent me to do here. He says, now, Father, glorify me together with yourself. With the glory which I had with you before the world. When we started this study of John, we read John 1, 1 through 5. We camped on it for a while. And Jesus camps on it here. This is what He said. He said, in the beginning was the world. 
What, what, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has, has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. He went to the cross because they didn't comprehend it. But he says, Father, I want back what I have. Here is the Savior praying that the visible, the visible manifestation of His glory in heaven might be restored. He's saying, glorify me in your presence in heaven. Bring me back home. Let the original glory which I share with you before my incarnation be resumed. And bring me to heaven. When all this is done, bring me to be with you. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and when you believe that, you can have life in His name. Jesus is 100% God, 100% man. And we get to see that in His earthly state. We get to see that, and all He wanted to do was glorify the Father. In his old prayer, he, he, in the first part of his prayer, he said, I just want to glorify you, Father. And when that was completed, all he wanted to do was return to the Father. I pray that's my focus. I pray that's my focus. That my focus will be that all I want to do in this walk with Christ is glorify the Father. And when that's completed, when I'm done with that, I can know. I can know, I can know, I can know that I'll be with the Father because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Because He went to the cross. Because He was the perfect sacrifice. Because He was, he was willing. He was sinless. He was completely willing. He, during this prayer, He knew what was ahead, but yet He still said, Father, I want to glorify You and what's to come. You know what? You'll face some tough stuff in this life. I am no, in no way comparing our tough stuff to what Jesus had to look forward to. <laughs> no way at all. But you know what? We'll face some tough stuff in this life. The devil will come at us. The evil one will be at work trying to get you to deny Jesus. Trying to fill your thoughts, to fill your life with things that are not of Christ. And some days it will be a battle. Some days it will be so intense that it will be like the beating that Jesus took mentally. I pray that my focus in those days is to glorify the Father still, just as Jesus did. To glorify the Father in every beating I take, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, all every way, shape, or form that I can take a beating. I pray that in my beating I glorify God. And know that it's worth it. And know. And know that because of Jesus Christ. 
and my focus on Him and glorifying the Father, my believing in Him one day will get me to live with Him for all eternity. And so all that you will go through in this life, all the beatings from the devil, it will be worth it because salvation awaits. Salvation awaits. I pray that that is your focus. I pray that your focus is glorifying God. And that your focus is glorifying Him. Because one day, you'll be with Him. It's all because of Jesus. You see, that's what John is trying to get us all to see through this whole chapter. Through, the, through this whole book. Through this Gospel. Without Jesus, we don't get it. Without Jesus, we don't get eternal life. Without Jesus, we don't have forgiveness. It's Him and only Him that we have life. So let me just encourage you, whatever struggle you're going through, whatever temptations are in your life, man, start your prayer. Start your prayer time with God, I want to glorify you. God, I want to glorify you and, and what I do. And give me the strength to that. And when it's all done, I know I can be with you. And if you haven't chosen Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, man, today's the day. Today is the day to confess Him as Lord because it's in Him that we have life in no other way. It's not by being good. It's not by just knowing God. It's not by just, just loving Him. It's not by trusting Him once in a while. It's by giving your heart to Him, giving your life to Him. And if you have not done that, today is the day to do it. And if you're doing that, man, I want to talk with you. If you need prayers, I want to, I want to pray with you. I'm going to invite the praise team to come on up. We're going to sing some songs here in just a minute, but I just want to encourage you to check your focus. Encourage you to check where your focus is at. Is it on things of this world? Or is it on spiritual blessings? Huge difference. That's what I was talking earlier that we can get confused in. We can allow it to become a gray area as to what is heavenly blessings and what is worldly blessings. And I'll tell you, in my own prayer life, I can get about the worldly blessings. I can get about the worldly things and in, in my family and in my life. And God doesn't say we can't pray for those. When Jesus gets to the intimate time of going to the cross and His last prayer of what He prays, we can see where our focus needs to be. See where our focus has to be. And that's on Him and glorifying Him. So if you need prayers for anything this morning, man, come forward. Pray with me. If you want to pray with an elder, head to the back. One will follow you back there, I promise you. We are here to lift one another up. We are here to journey. Journey to heaven. And let's, let's encourage each other along the way here. Let's go to Him in prayer. Father God, I thank You for Your love. Jesus, I thank You for, for letting us be able to read this prayer that You prayed. 
I thank You that we get to see it, that we get to read it, that we get to, to, to be a part of You praying to God the Father right before You go to the cross. We get to see Your heart. We get to see what was most important to You. And I pray that's our focus. Our focus be, we want to be as You and glorify the Father. We want to glorify You, Jesus. Walk in Your ways. Love as You love. Even when it's not easy. Stand in truth. Your truth. Father, thank You. Thank You for sending Jesus, Your Son, to die for us. Thank You, Jesus, for being the Messiah, the Christ, and going to the cross as a perfect sacrifice for us so that we can know that in You we have life and we are forgiven. Forgiven. It doesn't matter what we've done. We are Yours. We are Yours when we confess You. What a blessing. What a blessing that is, and I thank You for that. I pray for anybody here that's going through, through trials, Lord, that, that they know that, that what lies ahead may be, may be overwhelming, maybe too much for them in the shortcoming here, and, and I pray that their eyes are upon You, Jesus. And know that in You, they can have a strength, a power that we can't even comprehend because it is You, God in the Holy Spirit that is dwelling in us as believers. Thank You for that power. God, I pray right now that every person in here knows Your love. And I pray that it's just poured into them and they open their heart to it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand and sing with us if you will. And if you need prayer, please come forward and go back. We'll pray with you.